Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my beautiful wife, Janet, and we are super excited to be streaming live from outside of Hilo, Hawaii. Let me tell you, I can really get used to waking up in January when it's 75 degrees and sunny outside. If you look at our back window over here, you might be able to hear some birds, but if you look out there, I think there's some palm trees and there's a coconut tree that we're looking at right now. Um, we're super excited to be here. For those of you that follow us, we were, were are still on a journey, 50-state um, tour journey, and Hawaii was the last one. So we have hit all 50 states, United States, and now we have to start deciding which ones we got to go back, which ones we want to go back to, um, which there's a lot of them. There's a lot of cool states. And I got to tell you that Washington State um, has a lot of cool things, too. Um, um, but I'm tell you, we're, I'm not missing the winter in Washington State. That is for sure. So now our next goal is to ride a bike on every continent. So we've got two out of the way, North America and South America. We'll hit Australia in May and um, got some plans to go over the other the other continents. Um, or Antarctica is going to be a doozy. So doing some research on that one as we speak. But today, uh, let's talk about today's podcast. I want to... Um, welcome Melissa Fillmore. She is going to be discussing nutrition and exercise and her health journey. Um, for those of you that follow me, you know I have a health journey and 13 years ago or so I was obese and um, 60s some pounds heavier and I decided I want to make I wanted to make some changes and it was life-changing for me and life-changing for for my family um, and I, I like the idea when somebody has a health journey of their own um, because some people still ask me, you know, they say, well, it might be easy for you because, you know, you've never been those that those that didn't know me, you know, 20 years ago because you've never been obese. And I'm like, well, I have been fat. So I know I know how difficult it is. And it's a journey for the rest of my life. I can't go back to my old ways that I did 15 years ago or I will end up in the same um, the same place. So we're going to discuss some of that stuff today with Melissa. And speaking of Melissa, Melissa, welcome to our show. Hi there. Hello. So okay. tell us a little bit. Here's some before and afters of you. Um, 2004, 2011, 2016. So you've got a health yes. journey of your own. So and now I you're do. a health and fitness coach. So tell us about your health journey. Um, so I, my background is actually in education, um, school teacher. Um, I did that for a little while when my kids were little. But um, I definitely got to the point in my journey where I needed to educate myself and I needed to do something different. So it's probably my early thirties ish. Um, I, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I tried for years and years and years. I'd done the whole thing, the yo-yo dieting. Um, my mother was obese. Uh, my heaviest was about two ten, Um, and I'm five, two. So that's quite a lot of weight to put on my, on my short little body. Wow, that um, is a lot of weight. Yeah. So, and it, right around 2000, 9, 2010, um, I went with um, my now ex-husband. Uh, we went to Spokane and we learned, we did rock wall climbing and I loved it. I loved being able to, to go up the walls, but I really struggled uh, to do, I could do the, the little bit easier, but I couldn't do the upright and I couldn't do the overhang. And so I came back with a new goal. I wanted to get strong. So I hired a trainer at the time um, and he taught me to strength train and that changed everything. Uh, I loved it. Um, it was something I really, I was really good at. I really enjoyed pushing weights around, learned a little bit about how to do it correctly and safely. 
Um, and about that time, they had a, an episode or season of Biggest Loser come on, which I loved at the time. Not so much now that I know the background of it, but it inspired me to really start paying attention to my nutrition. And back in that day, you guys remember the body bugs? It was kind of like a Fitbit, but it was it was actually it was a little more um, wow. detailed. It was it was a better tool. But um, I started paying attention to my nutrition. I started t- t- keeping track of my steps and how many calories I was burning, calories in, calories out. And I really started to learn about nutrition and that what we were taught is wrong. So that that made probably the biggest difference. I lost about 80 pounds in nine months. Um, and then I kept working at it. I, I did start to do a little bit of competing. Um, and I became an athlete at 36. So that's kind of where I went from there. And then becoming a trainer and a, and a wellness coach, I got to the point where I figured if I could do it, anybody could do it. And so my teaching background just helped me want to educate people on what's truth um, and what how their body really works. And so I ended up being a biologist. Who knew? <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, our goal of this podcast is to educate and empower individuals yes. to take charge your own health. So you you are you are right at home here. So I'm glad you're on. Awesome. Um, 80 pounds in in 10, 10 did you say 10 months? Nine months. Nine months. Nine, Nine months. months. I mean yeah. that that that's a congratulations. And that is a lot of weight. And and one thing that that tells people is um, you know, it is possible. And that's really yes. in 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 reality, that's, I mean, that's about the perfect loss. That's what is that? Probably one and a half pounds a week, one pound a week, yeah. one and a half pounds a week, something like that. Um, yeah, probably about 1.7, 1. 1. something like that, pounds a week, right. which is perfect. And, um, you know, just so it comes off slowly over nine months, yes. you're not going to lose 80 pounds yes. in two months um, yes. and, and keep it off, especially. So, so. Tell us about some of the things you did to lose that weight. Let, let's talk about strength training first, since that was brought up. Yes. Yes. So, Janet, we talk about strength training all the time on this podcast. What What, what are some right. things as a woman that you would like to talk about in strength training? Well, well so, yeah, first, yeah, go ahead, Janet. Well, first of all, I think there's a lot of myths. Yes, there women. is. And I think that that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, people talk about women bulking up and looking right, tall right. And weird, things like that, but there is a lot of importance to it for your overall health. So sure. if you can dive into it, I'd like you to kind of dispel those myths and then kind yeah. of the advantages of the strength training for women. For sure. And I work obviously with a lot of women as well. Um, but you know, what, what it taught, first of all, I always just thought exercise was exercise, right? You like, you get in there, you do it. I would slink into the gym in my baggy clothes and I do my 30 minute, 30 minutes on the elliptical. And then I slink back out and really get frustrated that my body wasn't changing. And of course I needed to look at, you know, I look at everybody as a, a as a formula, their own holistic formula. So there's a lot of variables that are you know included in there, but the biggest one is that you, you got to build muscle. Muscle is a natural fat burner. Um, most women come to me saying, well, I just don't want to get bulky. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's talk about this again. It's, you're not going to get bulky. Like it's not going to happen. Maybe, <laughs> it's not, you don't produce enough testosterone to get bulky and you don't lift heavy enough to get bulky. Like even just to have what I have, I eat a lot of calories, granted they're clean, whole cal, you know, whole food. Um, and, and I did the years lifting pretty healthy, um, and I am bigger than the average woman, but that was a choice, <laughs> especially when I chose to compete. But the average woman is absolutely not going to do that. Um, it really comes down to, I love it when people say, when women say, I want to get toned. I'm like, okay, what are you going to tone to? Like, if you don't have any muscle, what are you going to tone to? You have to actually have muscle to have shape. Um, and it's going to be 
it's, it's, it's amazing. It's fun. And what I think what women miss is that it's not only going to benefit them now. And it's part of it is the strength. Part of it is aesthetics, right? We all want to look better. We all want to feel better. But as we get older, really our independence and our quality of life is going to rely on our ability to have balance where that's right, <laughs> which comes from our core strength. Um, but just being able to take care of ourselves. And that really comes down to having enough muscle in order to do those things. And of course, lifting for size and lifting for strength and lifting for power are all a little bit different. So we're not out there. I'm not out there yeah. doing, you know, trying to hit my PRs and all that. I am literally lifting so that I can stay upright so that I can stay healthy. And so that my body burns my nutrient, my nutrition efficiently. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, the, all of those were great points. Thank you for that, Melissa. Um, sarcopenia, which um, basically literally means um, flesh is sarco and penia means loss of. Um, right. It's basically loss of muscle mass over, over time. And it's a real thing, especially yes. as we get older. And you will never, ever, God willing, you live to be 80 or 90, you will never, ever said, man, I had too much muscle right. when I was 45 years old. Now, right. I can also say that there is a problem sometimes with that. There, there are people that use gear and stuff that get way right. too big. I don't think it's healthy. Um, there's a lot of argument about that. But um, if right. you do it naturally, you cannot build too much muscle mass. And I tell people, I don't care what kind of athlete you are. I'm an endurance mountain bike racer and I tell yeah. people all the time that are cyclists put on as much upper body mass as you can now, because you will, I know it might not make you yeah. as fast on the bike, but you will not regret it when you're 70 years old and it decreases Absolutely. osteoporosis decreases, yes. your, you know, because um, lifting heavy things, bone bearing exercise is what makes your bones um, strong. And, right. um, you know, the other thing is, too, is, you know, when you talk about day-to-day -day activities, um, being strong, I mean, when you think about people that get sick when they're older, what's one of the first right. one of the first things they lose? Like you say, balance, and yep. then they can't walk, and then they, they literally can't even stand up, you know, without yes. a walker. And, and if you think about what lifting does, you know, resistance training – working your quads, working your, you know, working, you know, working squats, things like that. That is a day-to-day -day thing that you might not know you do every day, but you do just right. getting up off the couch is literally a, a squat. So yes. if you can put weight on your back and you can squat 20, 50, 100, 200 pounds, whatever it is, um, then you can stand up and walk. Right. And I, I actually have some experience, some family experience with that. Um, my grandmother on my father's side so my, my dad's mom um she both her and her mother um in their 80s fell and broke major bones so my great-grandmother broke her hip and my grandmother broke her pelvis and we all know that especially at a certain age after that happens health tends to go down dramatically very quickly um and they don't tend to live much longer after that which is i i'm Knowing my family, I'm pretty sure I'm going to live into my 80s. So I, I really want to make sure that I have a good quality of life and I can take care right. of myself and not be a burden for my children. Um, but my, also my mother um, passed away from diabetes. So from complications of diabetes. I've known for a very long time that diabetes runs in my family. Um, I also know that it is something that we can control with health and nutrition. And so um, in the end, before she passed away, um, she had no core strength and was using a walker. And it was very difficult to watch. Um, and of course, knowing what I know as well. And so, you know, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to have that kind of lifestyle. I don't want to get to the point where my kids have to, um, 
help me to get up and down. Right. You know, I, I, I want people and, and I work with a lot of older clients as well. And I, my thought process is I just need to keep you moving. I need to keep you being able to be independent and take care of yourself and have a really good quality of life. And that's really important to me. Well, there's a point that we also brought up about athletes and, and I've had a few women that are very active women, but they've also done a lot of endurance. And um, when, when we talk to them, the, the thing about having your core strength is super important because that balance issue is going to prevent you from falling. If, if you can have balance, which yes. the and exercises can give you, I mean, we, you don't have to use a lot of weight to get to that point, but you have to no, do it consistently to help mm -hmm. you with that balance issue. Cause I find that even for myself, that that is something that you start, you start just kind of losing a little bit unless you force it. You have to work for it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you, you have to be consistent because, you know, one of the reasons, so having been a bigger woman, um, you know, my spine has some issues. Um, I do have a compressed spine. Um, I have scoliosis brought on by, um, you know, being a bigger woman. Um, so one of the things that I have noticed is if I'm not diligent about working on my core strength, I start to hurt more. Um, I, I catch myself, you know, with my posture not being mm -hmm. quite as good. So it's, you know, for me, it's, it's all of the above. Yes. I want to have a good quality of life, but you know, I, I, I care how I look and feel as well as women we should, you know, it, it is about taking care of, of ourselves all the way around holistically. So, you know, I, I do make sure that I'm even in the times where I'm not feeling well, or I, you know, things are a little crazy in my life. I'm still making sure that I'm at least doing enough to, to keep up with what I have, right. I don't want to go so far backwards that it, it is a derogatory situation with my health. Well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, once you build something up, it's a lot easier to maintain than absolutely than building it. It's, it's kind of like losing weight. It's difficult to lose weight. It's a lot easier to maintain weight. And that's why I think it's important once you do get to a goal yeah. weight um, or, you know, some people don't like looking at the scale. So a goal, a sure. goal aesthetic, sure. um, yes. you know, that you stay on track. So whatever your, whatever your measurement was yeah. for you getting to that goal, you know, stay as close to it as possible and, and keep yourself yeah. on top of it. So, cause like you say, you know, I've had, I went to the yo-yo diets too, you know, 20 oh, yes. some years ago and you yeah. know, you'd lose 40 pounds and you'd gain 20 back and right. you, know, you just stay within that goal um, all the time, then it makes it a lot easier. Right. So let's talk nutrition. Yes. So one thing um, we'll, we'll go into some of the detail. Well, I, I want to start with a question. Um, because I, I saw your Instagram and we'll stream that a little bit later. Well, let's go ahead and stream it now. And that's, I, I, I think that one will come up that, um, and a lot of what I do on there is education. You know, I always tell people the education is free. I just charge for the roadmap. Um, but you know, I want people to understand how their body truly works and there's so much noise out there and so much, you know, you've got a, no offense to young YouTubers and influencers. You've got a lot of young people that are don't really know what it takes to be somebody in your forties or fifties and have to try to figure out how your body responds. So I, I, that's what my social media is for is really to educate people. My teaching background just wants so badly to help people understand how things really truly work. That's awesome. So, and, and I agree with you and a lot of those young new YouTubers, well, obviously they're not, you know, they have, they don't have, you know, 40 years experience in, in, in their body. Right. Um, and also a lot of them have probably not had a health journey of their own. Some of them have probably, but most, uh, maybe a lot of them have. And I think that's, what's important. Um, when you share your story or I share my stories that, you know, that we, we have been yes. in the, in the boat of, of not being healthy. 
So right. I love the one, you know, with all the keto, keto phrase and low carb phrase and just name another, name it however you want. Um, right. You're saying don't cut carbs. Well, carbs are bad, Melissa. Carbs are going to kill you. They're yeah. just bad, right? So tell us yeah, about okay. that. Well, so my, my biggest frustration is really, you know, if somebody asks me, what's the perfect diet for me? I'm like, the first thing I'm going to say is whichever one you can actually follow. Um, <laughs> and some people, some people, you know, need less carbs, but it, you know, the macros quality matters, right. For everything. And so I think people have the wrong idea that, you know, carbs are causing the problems. No, it's the crap food that's causing the problems. It's the Absolutely. highly ultra processed, um, you know, all the things. And, and it's so much of our staple diet here in America, you know, they call it the standard American diet. I'm like, Oh, um, because even now to, to be optimal, which is how we try to eat at my house, it's tough because it's really difficult to get the the foods, the, the whole foods that are, you know, we, we do eat a lot of protein at our house, but we really care about where it's processed and how it's raised. So, you know, we do a lot of grass fed, grass finished beef. We do a lot of locally grown eggs. We know where those products have been, what they've been fed and, and how those um, have have come to the public market. Uh, the problem is, is that so much of what's available is shelf stable, multiple ingredients. Like I said, we, we've got a lot of not just processed, but highly processed food. So if you're eating a lot of carbs that are multiple ingredients full of sugar or break down into sugar fairly, fairly quickly, even things like bread, people say, well, I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm like, yes, but honey, if you're eating bread, you are eating sugar. It immediately turns to sugar in your system and hits your bloodstream. So it's about eating the right foods that contain vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So things like you know, sweet potatoes, yams, potatoes, vegetables, all vegetables are technically a carb fruits. But again, you know, it, it's, everybody's different. I can't recommend like, just do this. If I'm going to make blanket statements, it's going to be eat as clean and whole and unprocessed as you possibly can, because those foods will provide the nutrients, which, which tells your body, Hey, I'm full. I don't really need any more of that. I've gotten what I need um, out of the food that you've eaten today. That's a Which really a good point about feeling full because, you know, processed foods, you get that rush of yeah. sugar immediately mm -hmm. in your body and mm -hmm. your digestive system. And then the rest just kind of goes right through. And, you know, half an hour, hour later, you're hungry again. So yeah, exactly. it spikes your sugar and it doesn't really help your overall nutrient need. Right. It and Go ahead. Not just, not just that, but, you know, for a lot of people, are you hungry or are you really hungry? You know, and, and how to be able to tell the difference from that is what will actually make you not hungry anymore? Is it, is it vegetables? You know, cause I'm, when I'm truly physically hungry, I'll eat cucumbers and things, you know, to, to kind of calm my stomach down. But if I want comfort food and sugar and cause I have a sweet tooth, I do. Um, and you know, all those things that are going to, like you said, raise my blood sugar really quickly, but then drop me again. I know that I'm, I'm mentally or phantom hunger. So, um, you're paying attention to that as well. Well, one thing that we say, um, and, and I, this is not original to me, a, a doctor actually taught me this. Um, if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. Yes. And, yes. and, and that's kind of what a whole food is. I like it. And, and, yeah. and I will tell you, I've tracked my calories before. Um, I stopped doing it about a year ago because I think once you, I think it's a very good tool and, and it works for some people. And one of the things is, is that, you know, if you're being really, really strict about it and you're weighing your food, um, it really is an eye opener about how many calories yes. you're truly eating. And, yeah. and one thing is somebody that's having a hard time losing weight. Well, I'm only eating 1500 calories a day. Mm. And I'm like, are you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you really tracking yep. your calories? Well, start weighing your food. And then next thing you know, you know, that yes. spoonful of peanut butter was actually three servings of peanut butter. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. My son actually did that once. My son was, you know, putting on the bread and he's like, yeah, it's two tablespoons. And no, it was really six. So yeah, I, 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 I think in the beginning, especially when I'm trying to educate people, I do want them to be a little more right, you know, a little more detailed. I want them to pay attention because you can't, you can't manage what you don't track. And you're right. People will tend to eat a lot more um, than they think they are, you know, the licks and the nibbles and things like that, but also paying attention to how your body responds to the different types of foods. I didn't know that being bloated and, and having stomach aches all the time was not normal. That's not a normal feeling when you yeah, eat. Right. That's your body responding to the foods that you're eating. So paying attention to that, paying attention to what types of food. And even I think people don't understand that the different macronutrients do different things within your system. And by eating them, especially for, I work with a lot of diabetics, um, the order that you eat your foods and even whole foods um, can make a difference. By the way, I like that if, if it rots. Um, I always say if it, if you can't kill it or grow it, you probably shouldn't be eating it. But, there, that's uh, a good one, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but I think that people don't realize that, you know, the because the different macronutrients do different things and because your body has to work a little harder to break down, say the protein um, for my diabetics, I want them to eat things in a specific order because I want them to get enough protein. I want them to save the carbs for last. And I want, of course, them to be complex carbohydrates that are going to deliver nutrients and not just empty calories. So it's, I, I think part of it, I take a lot into consideration when, when I work with people, like I said, everybody's their own formula. I start with some basic formulas of my own, but then I watch to see how their, how their body responds. I do ask about their traditions, their, their likes, their, you know, is there foods you're allergic to or are there foods that you um, prefer to have in your, your meal plan? Can we work something into that? Because I want them to stick with it. Like you said, you know, it's, yes, it's easier to maintain than to get there in the first place. However, the caveat is that if you get there too fast, you haven't created the habits and the rhythms that you need in order to stay there. So when people say, well, you know, I want to lose 30 pounds in a month. I'm like, okay, well, I am not the coach for you because that is just, yeah, right. I'm not going to help you with that because the longer it takes you to get to where you want to be, the more likely you are to stay there because you are trying to undo how many years I have to undo three decades exactly. with the bad habits right. in order to get where I want to go. And I'm not saying I'm immune. I still eat my feelings once in a while, <laughs> but over the years, I've learned to have better coping skills. I've learned to not carry, you know, those things in the house that I'm prone to eating when I'm not in a good mood. I've, I've done the habit changes in order to um, eat better. And I just feel better. I just feel better when I eat better. So even like over the holidays, we do eat a little more yeah. fun stuff, but I am so ready to go back to my regular clean whole eating when I'm done because I feel better. And the older I get, the more important that is to me. I agree. And, you know, we'll still... You know, when we're out, especially because one of the things is, you know, one of the tips that you were kind of mentioned, and I'll just um, um, go even a little bit further is, you know, I have a sweet tooth. I mean, I, I could eat a box of Oreos. I mean, seriously, I could eat a box of Oreos. <laughs> yeah. Those in front of me, I couldn't eat, I could probably not say no. And right. um, I would eat a whole box. So we just don't buy that stuff because it was yes, in our house. Exactly. I would eat it. Yeah. Um, so we try to have healthier snacks in, in our house and just try to not have snacks in general because, you know, yeah. even yeah. just snacking anything, whether it's a hand, whether it's nuts or, or, oh, yeah. you know, it can get out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, next thing you know, you know, half a bag's gone and that's 500 calories. Um, well, and you, you know, what works for me on, you know, like the, the sweets is that I try to number one, make myself earn it. Um, cause there's certain things that I do like, and, and I don't want people to feel like they have to sacrifice everything cause they won't stay with it. So if I had to never eat chocolate again, we'd probably have a problem, but I do try to make myself earn it. Um, I, I do have the rule. Don't bring it home. 
because if it's in the house, I probably will eat it. And I, with my meals with Melissa, the Facebook live that I do, that's all up on YouTube as well. Um, I do a lot of things that are alternatives and healthier versions of things that people love to eat. However, I tend to eat super, super clean whole foods until I allow myself whatever that treat is. Um, I love ice cream. It doesn't love me, but I would rather have the full strength option, the real thing than to try to always have an alternative with a lot of sugar substitutes and things like that. Partially because I know what sugar substitutes do. Um, but also because I want to be able to say like, no, I ate that ice cream. Like we went to Portland and I had salt and straw. It's my favorite. We go there when we go there. That's what I plan to do. It also gives me something to look forward to so that I don't always feel like, well, I can never eat the good stuff again. Um, I'm also very careful how I say things out loud. So, you know, when you go to the, the grocery store during the year and the Girl Scout cookies are sitting there and they're all, you know, hey, buy some cookies. Uh, my response is always, oh, I am so sorry. I don't eat sugar. Not I can't eat sugar. I don't eat sugar. Because yeah, yeah. that means that I have made that choice to not eat sugar versus if you tell yourself you can't, it means that you are sacrificing and there's something, you know, nobody wants to be told what to do. So I, I'm very careful with, how I talk to myself and how I say things out loud because I, I I'm very very aware of my subconscious and what it buys into. <laughs> well, and and not only that, but add to it, add to this because um, you know you see them selling girl girl scout cookies or Krispy Kremes. I used to love Krispy Kremes. Yeah. I, I would probably throw up now if I smelled one. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I could. I, I literally could eat a dozen of them. I mean, seriously, yeah. I used to be able to. Um, you know, and they're. They, those are typically something for a fundraiser. Hey, buy a box right. of Christmas for 10 bucks. It's like, Hey, here's your $10. You keep the yes. <laughs> yep. Same yes, and cookies. Here's your 20 yep. bucks. You keep the cookies and sell them to somebody or give them to somebody, whatever. Well, I think yeah, the difference exactly. here is what we're talking about is we're prepared. Is what? Because we're prepared for the challenge. Right. Like, right. Yes. Have a plan yes. in place and you decided when this yep. happens, this is how I'm going to address it because Absolutely. we've all been there where you've got friends. Oh, come on. It's no, you know, and even at work, I've had, oh, you need to do this. Come on, come on, you know, and yeah. it's like, okay, I'm not going to because I've made that decision. Like right. you said, it's not a feeling, it's a choice that you've made a decision yep. on and how we're going to respond to it. And I think that that's really important that, you know, and then when you have responded and did it in the correct way that you decided to do it, you know, you need to celebrate that a little bit because yes. the more Absolutely. that we give ourselves kudos for making the right choices, it feels better. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's, um, it goes even further with, um, sorry. um, Okay, tell me what you just said again. <laughs> I had a whole thing to talk about. Like, <laughs> just uh, um, be prepared, you know, be prepared yeah, to, yeah. you know, yeah. Got it, yeah. So, I mean, part of it is, you know, like, okay, so when my clients come to me and they're like, dude, I fell off the wagon, I never, never slap hands. I don't, I don't um, tell people that, you know, well, you know, good job, you didn't do very well. I don't do that because I, I first of all, I realize we all do that, <laughs> including myself. Um, so, my first question is always, was it worth it? Because sometimes yeah. it is. <laughs> was it worth it? You know, so if it, you know, it's like I haven't had a donut in a year, like I just decided I was there, like I like the spud nuts and I was there and I wanted one. Great. Let's get back on track. Most of the time, what I'm going to hear is, you know, I just really struggle with it. I didn't mean to fall off the wagon. It just, they had it at work and I, I, I just, I ate it. I'm like, that's okay. Let's talk about why you were triggered. You know, what led you to do it and how can we be prepared, more prepared next time? Because really success in this type of, of goal is more about being prepared, right? It's kind of the Boy Scout motto, be prepared. 
you know, whether that means bringing food with you, whether that means eating all your food for the day so you don't want to snack at night, whether that means going online and looking at the menu for the store that you're going out or the store or the restaurant that you're going with your girlfriends to and knowing, picking something to eat already so that when you don't, when you get there, you're going, wow, the nachos sound you know, <laughs> right. amazing, right? Um, I, yes, I, I always want to help pick the restaurant. There's certain places that I actually won't eat. So, you know, if somebody says, let's go out to eat, I give them three or four options. I know what I can or want to have there. Um, and it makes it a whole lot easier. And I don't have to use willpower, which we all know just does not work. Right. right. One thing you mentioned backing up a little bit, um, and I just want to, I want to reiterate this. You, you've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, but I just want to reiterate how important it is for an individualized diet. Cause it, yes. something doesn't work. You know, I mean, I, I, there are, there are carnivore people out there and there are keto people oh. out there and they'll, they will say that that's the only thing that works. And that is, it, it depends on the person. Um, one of the things I liked what you mentioned is, you say you uh, help a lot of diabetics and yes. one of the things about diabetics is, you know, you talk about, we talk about eating whole foods. Well, and, and some diabetics don't know this, but um, they'll think, well, you know, fruits and vegetables are, are, are healthy. Uh, no, if you're a diabetic, I would say no to all fruit, almost all fruit. I would say no until your diabetes is well, well under control and you're off medications. That's what yes. I would tell them because fruit in general is just, is just bad for for diabetics because most of it has such a high glycemic index. There are some good things, maybe some berries and stuff, but it's just easier to say, you know what, don't eat fruit. And I know I, that I, there's there's a lot of doctors that don't understand that or know that or educate mm. them about that. And and of course, you see that, and we see it all the time. Right. I mean, we have failed. The healthcare system has failed. Yes, diabetics. Agreed. So hard. So hard. Agreed. I mean, I had a I had a diabetic. I did a post the other day and I had a diabetic or uh, a wife of a diabetic that said her husband is a diabetic and you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what he eats. Um, mm, that's not yeah. important. He's going to have insulin the rest of his life and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yep. And I said, now, wait a minute. It doesn't matter what he eats. Does he use more insulin yeah. when he eats more carbs? Right. Does he use less insulin when he doesn't eat? Oh, okay. Then it doesn't matter what you eat. I mean, come on, that's the silliest thing yeah. I've ever heard. But I will yes. tell you, I guarantee you it's because the the healthcare system is not educating them well at all. It's like, eh, just right. use more insulin. If your blood sugar goes up, use yep. more insulin. That's the answer. Yeah. You know, you mean, it's, not, it's not controlled by your diet. I think it's a right. dietary problem. I, I think part of it too is that our doctors have not been well educated about how it really works. You know, they just think, okay, well, there's more more sugar in the bloodstream. They need more insulin. I'm like, mm, but it's just doing more damage. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so unfortunately, doctors don't get very much in the way of health and nutrition education. I know because I've worked with quite a few, um, and they don't really teach any education on um, di on diabetes and how it works or cancer. For I'm flabbergasted when I work with people who are um, you know. Um, survivors of cancer because they, they're just not educated on how nutrition plays such a huge role in their recovery and, you know, here on out. So my, you know, teaching them how their body really works is a good part of it. That's why I like to educate, not just tell people what to do. Um, but nutrition is the biggest part of it. The order that we eat the foods can make a huge difference. And I'm not saying that people can't eat the fruit, but they got to know what it does, what it does to their blood sugar. They got to be able to track that. I like the the con continuous blood, glu blood glucose monitors now because you can actually see in real time virtually how it's affecting your body. So, you know, in order for that, to, there's still nutrients and things in vegetables and fruits, 
Um, but I agree, it's it's not a free for all. They're not necessarily for you, especially in the beginning. You're trying to get control of your blood sugar, but in the beginning, my goal is to get their blood sugar from doing this, right? Even type one, I've worked with type one as well, to so just doing maybe this, right? right? And learning how their how their body works, knowing that if you build more muscle, it will help accept the glucose, and so it has somewhere to go, versus just trying to shove it in shells in cells that are already full. Um, it's we're just not taught correctly. I think that's my biggest frustration, and you guys are probably. We're all about, I'm assuming the same generation, um, you know, the, the, the food pyramid yep. from back in our day oh. is upside down, right? Yeah. So right. how is it that, you know, there's a reason why our country has become um, completely metabolically unhealth, unhealthy, you know, 88% of, of our country is metabolically unhealthy. That is unacceptable to me. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm frustrated that not only we are not, we're not giving the right tools, we're not giving the right education, um, and then our government supports supports big food industries, which are trying to addict us to their food in the first place. So I just, I'm so passionate about it because it's affected me. It's affected my family. And I care about the world at large. I care about humanity. I care about people. And I'm, to me, everyone's important. I believe everybody has the same, should have the same opportunity to be healthy. So educating them is a big part of what I do. Well, you know, I find it really fascinating that if you take your pet in, your vet is going to talk to you about nutrition and food, especially if there's some kind of problem. And, you know, they talk about weight and, you know, what are you feeding them? And and that has become almost um, a taboo that we've done in our country that we can't say that we're overweight because you're shaming somebody, right? Well, no, that's not true. What you're saying is you have a problem that we need to address so right. you can live a life that's that's good. I mean, yes. tell me how many diabetics you've seen that, you know, what happens to them is tragic if Absolutely. they're not taught how to handle it. And, you know, the, the sad thing about the medical field is, and we should know this, but we we don't, is that the more insulin you give somebody, the more resistant they become to it. You put fuel on a fire. You just Mm -hmm. made it worse. And, you know, that's, that is totally coming down to the fact that we are choosing. And I I say it strongly because we're choosing to be ignorant about it. We have had enough people on insulin throughout the century to be able to say, ah, I keep giving this person more and more and more. And this is the problem it continues to have. And so, you know, gave them so much more. So let's throw some more carbs at them. And it's like, Oh. And, and even even type ones, I, I you know yeah. you mentioned you take care of type one, you you educate yep. type ones also, and and I don't know how many times I've gotten into arguments with people about type one, type two, and they say I don't know what I'm talking about because you know type ones right. it doesn't matter what they eat. It's like you know it still does, and the more answers, yeah, you know there there are type one diabetics that we turn into type two diabetics, and yeah. it's, it's it's tragic. And you know um, I mean in general, the the less carbs a diabetic can eat the better right um now if if they're if they're an athlete and they're burning the carbs in front by all means you know eat carbs but um you know in general yeah it's diabetes is a a carbohydrate metabolism problem period yes well because the problem is is that you've been eating so many carbs and and so much that our cells are already full and especially we don't have the muscle to accept the glycogen 
it's still trying to shove sugar in cells that are already full. So of course it produces more insulin to keep trying to shove that sugar in there and it can't. So then the more insulin it produces, then the body gets worn out. So it, again, we're, we're just, we're looking at it the wrong way. So when people describe what, what diabetes is, I'm like, Oh God, okay, let <laughs> read this book. Uh, there's a really good one by, um, Dr. Dr. Fung. I can't No, F-U-N-G. Yeah, the diabetes, um, the diabetes, the diabetes, yeah, code. diabetes code um, and the yeah. obesity code. They're very, they're very good. And I like his description. And a cancer um, code. Right. Yeah. They're about, because the first part, I, when I started working with coaches and I used to say, well, you know, tell me why I need to do that. And they're like, well, so just do it. Like I'm telling you to do it. Just do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Number one, I am way more likely to follow through and do it. If you tell me why, tell me why I'm doing it. Right. I think people need to understand that the reason why you do this is because of that. They, they got to know cause and effect. And if they don't know why, they should be backing off sugars and carbs. They're not going to do it. They're just told, no, just take more insulin. Okay, but what does that do? So again, part of being healthy in this day and age is being your own best advocate because nobody's going to do it for you. Um, I've worked with enough clients and even doctors, like I said, that sometimes they'll come and tell me something. They'll be like, my doctor just said I need to eat less and move more. I'm like, get a new doctor because that is not true. They're not giving you enough information nor do they know themselves. So Part of it is learning how your body truly works. You're going to have to educate yourself because a lot of times the, the mainstream media is not going to do it. They're not going to tell us the truth, unfortunately. Well, at least that doctor told him that it's a movement problem and a diet problem and it's didn't just say, well, you just need more drugs. True. Yeah. Yeah. He did both. That for yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not against the drugs. I know, I know that there are times and places for that, but right. you know, especially when it comes to diabetes or something like, Oh God, don't even get me started on Ozempic. Um, but there's a time and a place for it, but it should be short term. It's supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to be helping yes. you guide, guide you back to the point where you can take care of yourself, know what the root of the problem is, and then work to solve that. Not just keep putting band-aids on it. And that's pretty much what insulin is for the type two, but diabetic. yeah, type two diabetics. Right. And I mean, Jan and I are two pharmacists. We do not believe in drugs to treat long-term disease. Right. Um, I mean, you know, you, you don't, you don't lack metformin. You don't lack um, right. Ozempic if you have type two diabetes, you know, right. it, it's, a, it's, exactly. a, it's a diet problem. It's a lifestyle problem. So that's what you need to 100%. fix. Um, and, and yeah, it's not easy, but I don't, I also don't think that giving somebody a drug is going to increase their quality of life or increase their right. I don't know what study says um, right. or increase their, um, increase their longevity. I, I don't think so. I, I just, you know, um, yeah. I mean, well, let's, let's, right. it's been two seconds talking about studies. So like, I get that all the time. Um, even from doctors, they're like, well, you know, the white papers say this. I'm like, no, 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 no. You show me the white papers and who paid for that research. And then we'll have a conversation because, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of like when they told us that fat makes us fat, dietary fat does not necessarily equal out of adipose tissue automatically. So again, we, we got to make sure that we're talking about the right things. And that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, especially after the last four years, I don't trust any study. I mean, come on. I don't either. And, and, and let, let's just think rationally here. It's yeah. like when, you know, red meat is bad for us. Hmm. Let's see. We've yeah. been eating it for thousands and thousands yeah. of years and red meat is bad for us. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> yes. I, I get that one all the time. And I have to remind people that when you eat red meat, you eat what you ate, ate. And so if you are eating a cow that is full of grain, Yes, that's that can be a problem. The other thing is you come down to the research. Um, a lot of the research was based on people and their memory of what they ate. 
But also let's talk about the fact that when they eat red meat, they're probably eating it on a bun and eating some French fries with it. So well, again, what are we basing this on? Right. right? That's We're, why those studies, you, what else were they doing? I, I mean, yes. you can't, those epidemiological studies are just, I think they're so unreliable because there's just, everybody right. eats so different. So you can't say just red meat or, you know, what else were they doing? So. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the bro science in the bodybuilding industry. You know, you get the guys that are like, well, I did this because it worked for me. So you should do it. No, 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 honey. It happened for you, despite the fact that you were doing that. So, you know, knowing how things really truly work, I, I just feel like people need to do a little more research. I know it's time consuming. Um, and I know sometimes it's hard to find the correct information, but you know, gosh, your lives depend on it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's yeah. one thing we say too. Um, and I, we, we challenge our patients, whether we're talking about hormones or whatever we're talking about, we say, you know, don't, don't just trust us. Do your own research. Right. Yes. You know, do your yeah. own research. And, and if somebody tells you that their way is the only way and don't do research, you know, um, yeah. don't look at Google, Google doctor or whatever they call it. It's like, right. go get a new doctor. If they don't want you to do yeah. your own research, don't, don't go to them. Seriously. Absolutely. And and I, I like the fact that you guys you know focus on hormones. I know how big of a role that plays. I'm on all bioidenticals at this point in my life. So, you know, learning your body is super important, knowing what works best for you. I can tell when I'm off. I can tell when things aren't quite right, you know, whether it's you know, I'm not eating well or I'm not getting enough sleep. There's so much more that that plays a role in health. And that's why when I do, you know, a sit down goal assessment with somebody, they're like, why are you asking me all these crazy questions? I'm like, it all play everything affects everything. So you've got to know how all those things play a role in your life and your health and wellness. Absolutely. So as we wind this podcast up, Melissa, um, tell yeah. us what you have a passion for. Um, I have a passion for people being happy and healthy. My biggest, the thing I work predominantly with is nutrition because I know it plays such a huge role. Lifting is great. Like I love strength training, obviously. Um, and it, and it can do major things. I do teach my clients that nutrition determines size, exercise determines shape. So nutrition is going to play such a big role. If you're going to go to the gym, you want to make sure that you're fueling your body with the things that it needs in order to reach your goals, whether that's muscle or endurance. So knowing how things work best for you is, is really important. But I think the biggest thing that I'm passionate about is education and making sure that people understand how their body works and continue to educate myself. I might know a lot, but I don't know everything. Right. And I will tell people, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I have learned more about different diseases, working with people with everything from PCOS to IBS, um, because I didn't know enough at the time. And so I immersed myself in that education so that I could make, not necessarily tell them what to do. I'm not a doctor, but to help lead them to the right places to find that information and how to, you know, correct it. So uh, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Here's your Instagram. Tell us about your yep. Instagram page. What is that? Uh, my Instagram page is probably where I post the most at this point. Um, it's a lot of, of course, short pieces of information, education. Um, do not follow Melissa Fillmore because it got hacked about two years ago. So you're going to get a lot of weird stuff on there. But um, I do post a lot on this. I really enjoy the feedback and the conversations um, that I have on there. Um, also, Facebook is another big one for me, uh, Fillmore Fitness, um, because it's I get a lot of um, communication. I, I really I enjoy not just educating people, but I like communicating directly with them, you know, whether it's down below or whether it's direct messaging. Um, I do have a YouTube channel under Fillmore Fitness. Um, some of my longer videos are there, including I like to do, I call it my weekly Facebook Live, but it all gets posted on YouTube called Meals with Melissa, where I do offer recipes and options for, you know, that are healthier than the things people will normally eat. And people love it. Like, you know, can you do something with this? And they're not complicated. I don't do complicated in my life. 
uh, at this point. Um, you can also find me if you want more information about what I actually um, offer. You can go to my website, which is www.fillmorefitness.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you you have helped us realize our goal today, Melissa, which is to awesome. educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own yes. health. So um, I, I really appreciate you doing that. And hopefully sometime you live in, you live in Tri-Cities. I do. You live in Tri-Cities. I live in Pasco. Right, right. So hopefully sometimes we, we can meet you in person. So oh, that'd be fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Come down. We'll, we'll go to and, dinner or something. We'll cook you, you some dinner. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And do yeah. what? And cook. We'll cook you some dinner. Okay. That'd be awesome. Um, so we do stream just to, speaking of our social media, we do stream yes. live on um, Facebook and um, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, we're working on Instagram. Instagram has a thing to do it. We just haven't figured it out yes. yet. Um, so we're going to try to do that over uh, with the link to all of our streams. So um, cool. if you if you could share it, Melissa, on all those forums, that would yes. be great. And Absolutely. we appreciate you. Uh, yeah, listeners thanks and viewers. for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Uh, we usually have a midweek podcast. I think we still do. I don't know what it is yet because I'm on Hawaii time. Um, but just stay tuned because you, you'll probably see something with us. Even if we don't have something scheduled, Janet, I'll probably check in later this week. So thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. Thank you.